0: Rise Church, Denver. I'm going to spoil a movie for you guys today, but it came out 12 years ago, so if you haven't seen it, it's your fault. It's The Book of Eli. This is a movie that I both loved and also hated a little bit. And I loved it because it tells a story about Eli, played by Denzel Washington, who in a futuristic America that's post-apocalypse... Is willing to go across the country and, and fight to bring a book, the book of Eli, to a safe place where books aren't burned anymore in the island of Alcatraz so that he could save that book. What I loved about the movie is that book was the Bible. That's pretty incredible, right? You don't get that in secular movies, right? In Hollywood, but the Bible is that valuable. I love it that he gets there and, and they deliver it safely and they print uh, more Bibles. So that's what I loved. About the movie. What I hated was that after they printed that Bible, they took it and they put it on a shelf. And if you look closely, on its left and its right are the Torah, the Jewish holy book, and on its right the Quran. And it's surrounded by a bunch of other lesser um, so-called holy books. And, you know, that, that bothered me a little bit because, hey, it's basically saying the, the Bible is just on par with all those other religious books. That bothered me, but everybody thinks that in our country. Like, okay, I've seen that before. What really bothered me is they left the Bible on a shelf. Really, it really bothered me. Because the Bible doesn't belong on a shelf. Now, the Bible is an incredible book. It should be respected and revered. It's incredible. It is the most loved book of all time, the best selling book of all time, not even close. It has been translated into more languages than any other book in the world. It's also the most hated book of all time. It has been uh, burned more often and banned more often than any other book in history. In fact, just last week, if you saw it, there was a Christian speaker going to a college campus here in our country, and some protesters out front grabbed a Bible from a Christian and tore it up. That's even happening today, it's it's loved and hated. So we should love it, right? We should respect it, that's good. But it's not meant to be left on a shelf. It's not meant to be left on a shelf. It is so much more valuable than that. It's meant to be taken down, read, and obeyed. And obeyed. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We've been in this series called The Bible for the last four weeks. And if uh, you've been here for this series, we have tackled the hard questions about the Bible. How do we get this book? Where did it come from? Why can we trust it? Should we trust it? Is it old and outdated? And in this series, we have asked those questions and answered them. In week one, if you were here, we talked about, is the Bible outdated? It's 2,000 years since then, and haven't we grown past it? And we saw that the, the Word of God is alive and active, that God's Holy Spirit continues to work through it today. And when we compared it to modern views of science self, and even sex, the Bible actually is better than those three things in our modern society. That The Bible is still applicable today that the, the God's word never stops working. That was week one. In week two, we asked the question, does the Bible have errors and contradictions? And Pastor Sawyer, man, he knocked it out of the park. When he said uh, through that, that what God's word says is that because God is perfect, his word is perfect. And that it's without error and without contradiction, which is incredible for a book that we have. Then last week, Dr. Craig Blomberg, who's an incredible professor, man, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he just is a whole other level of genius above all all the rest of us. But he is one of the foremost experts in the world on the Bible, and he talked about why we can trust, especially the Gospels. He gave us 12 historic reasons why we can trust the Gospels that tell us about Jesus. And then some of you, actually many of you, came back that night, and we had even more online. It was our most viewed online seminar we've ever done um, about how we got the canon, how we got the 66 books of the Bible that we have today. So some of you guys benefited from that. If not, you can go back online and find that. Why these 66 books and not others? And what we saw from, from Dr. Blomberg was that these books we have are trustworthy. They present a reliable witness about Jesus and his death and resurrection. And that's incredible. So today we're going to wrap up our series, not just by saying that the Bible is good, that it's relevant, that it's applicable, but that we need to take it off our shelf and obey it. So that's our big idea today. Don't just keep the Bible on your shelf. Obey it with your life. Obey it with your life. And we're gonna look at James chapter 1 today. So if you have a Bible, open with me to James chapter 1. We're gonna be in verses 22 to 25 today. If you have a physical Bible, got a smartphone, use the Bible app, you can find it right there. And if you find our Rice Church Denver event, you can save your notes and see the scripture that we're looking at today right there on your phone. And in James, we read something great because James, if you don't know, was Jesus's brother. And while Jesus was alive, James thought he was crazy, because who is this guy who's proclaimed to be the Messiah? But then Jesus predicted his death and resurrection three days later, and then pulled it off, so James was like, well, maybe he is the Messiah. And James went from thinking Jesus is crazy to Jesus being the Son of God. And he worshipped him, and then he became a leader in the church, and now wrote this book that we still have 2,000 years later. And this is what James writes in verse 22 of his letter. James says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. In other words, be obedient. Now, he says listen because in those days, people didn't have their own Bible. In fact, it would have been rare that a church had their own Bible. They probably only had a few letters that they would trade from one church to the next as they'd get these books of the Bible. And they would have them and they would cherish them and they would read them aloud on Sundays and interpret it for people and people would listen to it and go. They couldn't go home and and check for themselves what it said. That's pretty incredible. So he's saying, hey, if you're going to listen to God's word preached, do what it says. Don't deceive yourself and lie to yourself and say, I'm a Christian. I know what God's word says, but I don't do it. You're a liar to yourself, if not to others. It says, do what God's Word says. Obey it. Obey it. And we still listen every Sunday, right? That's why we open up God's Word every single Sunday here. We talk about it. We talk about it in our kids' classrooms. We talk about it on Wednesday nights with our teenagers. We open up God's Word. But it's not enough to open it. We have to obey it. We have to do what it says. And so... Um, this, this thing that James is saying here, do what it says. It's not just James who said this. Jesus said the same thing. Did you guys know that? I want to show you a couple places. In Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? Obey it. I heard one person say it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? Obey it. Obey it. That's right. Obey it. Do it. And in John fourteen twenty-three, Jesus Again, replied, Anyone who loves me will obey, obey my teaching. Pretty clear, Jesus said this. Will obey my teaching. If you love Jesus, if you follow Jesus, if you claim him to be your Lord and Savior, you do what he says. Amen. One of the other disciples, John, said it even more pointedly. He says, If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Right. We've got to obey. We've gotta do it. It's pretty simple. God wants us to do it. And, And I get this now because I am a dad. I got three kids, and when I tell my kids to do something, I don't care how well they listen, I want them to do it, okay? Whether it's simple things like, we're going into the house, please take off your shoes so you don't get mud all over the rug. Okay, simple instruction, right? But I want them to do it. It's not like, oh, dad, you are so wise. Oh, I'm mad, right? You okay, can take off your shoes, but it could be bigger things, like when we were carving pumpkins just the other day, and Evie went to grab the knife by the blade. I said, don't touch that. She says, why? Because I don't want you to cut your hand and bleed. Oh, right? I, as a father, I want my kids to not only listen to me, but obey me, to do what I say. I only say things that are important for them, <laughs> to keep them safe physically, so that they have a good life, that they're protected. And God is an even better father who, when he gives us instructions, it's for our good. So he tells us things for our good. When he says, don't do that, that's out of bounds, it's for our good. He cares about us and loves us, even if we don't understand why at the time. That's why we need to obey. And I think this is so important because I have found people who love God's word And they want to study it, and they want to go to a church with a preacher who goes deep. And what I have discovered is that with a lot of people, what they're looking for is someone who gives them some intellectual stimulation. They want to learn some Bible fact they've never heard before. Like, ooh, I didn't know how much wine Jesus made at that party. And when they hear that, they're like, oh, that was a good Sunday. I heard something I never knew. But the Bible is not for our information, it's for our transformation. It's not just so we can learn something, but so we can leave changed. So when God tells us something, and when we come on Sunday mornings, it's not just like, ooh, did I get my mind stimulated? It's know so that we will go and obey what God has said. James, Jesus, John, they emphasize this over and over again. Don't just listen, don't just read, obey God's word. Don't just keep it on yourself. Obey it in your life. Obey with your life. James goes on and gives a really great illustration of this. He gives a great illustration. In in verse 23, James says, Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So in order for you guys to understand this a little bit more, I I need a helper. Do I have my helper in in here? Oh yeah, I got somebody from the the top row wanting to help. Sam, help me first service. Taylor, come on up here, I need your help. Okay, see that mirror right there? I want you to grab that big mirror and bring it out here. Okay, as Taylor's getting the mirror, uh, I wanted you guys to be able to visualize this and see this for yourself. because uh, you all looked in the mirror this morning, right? Yeah. If not, don't admit it, okay? <laughs> we all look at ourselves in the mirror, even if it's just that little mirror as you're running quick. Oh, but, okay, and see this line right there? I want you to, to line it up right there, okay? So as we have this, this mirror here, thank you, Taylor. Um, <laughs> um, as you look yourself in the mirror, yeah, that, man, he's good, right? He's good. Okay, as I look in this mirror, I can, I can see all you guys. Can you see me over there? Yeah, you can see my reflection. Oh, yeah, hey, I can see everybody over here. I can even see people upstairs. Hey, how are you? And, and as, as you look at yourself in the mirror, now, if I were to, to look at myself in the mirror and then turn around and, and walk away and go to the DMV, and I'm filling out my paperwork, and they're like, okay, what's your hair color? Red. Eyes blue. Height, 4'8". Weight, 480. The guy would be like... What kinda of oompa loompa are you? Like, did did you look at yourself in the mirror? Like it's foolish, right? It's comical to think that you can look at yourself in the mirror and forget what you look like, right? If you look in the mirror, you should remember it. At least for a little while, right? And I know this because I went to work out with Taylor this last Wednesday at 6 a.m. And it's funny that you were here to volunteer because I didn't even think about it. But I went to work out with Taylor and we got there at 6 a.m. And that's early. And when I walked in, do you remember what you said to me? He said, are you okay? And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, he's like, yeah, your hair's a little crazier than normal. Because I hadn't looked in the mirror. I rolled out of bed, tried to get to the gym at 6 a.m. I hadn't even looked at myself in the car mirror. I got there and I probably looked insane, okay? You look at yourself in the mirror so that you can fix your hair a little bit. You make sure you don't have any mayonnaise in your beard, right? You got to look good. That's why you look at the mirror, because you know what you look like, and it it changes things. So when when you walk away from it, you still remember what you look like. In, In verse 25 of this passage, it says, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James says you got to look intently. When you're looking at yourself, you don't just look real quick and forget what you look like. That's foolish. You've got to look seriously and intently just like you guys do when you want to look good, right? And you look intently into God's Word, not so that you'll look good, but that you'll turn around and do what it says. Can we give Taylor a round of applause? What a great helper today. Now I think it's interesting, because there, if you only look at yourself like every once in a while, you will forget what you look like. I think that there's a time span between when you look at yourself and what you don't know what you look like, right? And I know this because if you've ever seen a survivor show, like Alone, has it going seen Alone? Okay, these people go out in the wilderness by themselves for like 75 days, and then they look at themselves and they're like, whoa, I'm skinny, my beard's huge, that's a lot of grays, and I look bad, right? They've forgotten even what they look like after 75 days. That's what happens. If you don't look at yourself for a while, you will forget what you look like. And that's why you go again and again to look at yourself in the mirror. It's not just vanity, okay? you got to make sure you look okay. Presentable. You look at yourself. And with God's word, we have to go again and again to look into it intently. We've got to focus. We've got to read it, study it, seek to understand it maybe even memorize it, so that we'll remember. Because the longer we are apart from God's word, and the longer it just sits on our shelf gathering dust, we will forget what it says and not do it. That's why we look again and again and again. That's why we worship weekly together. And it's so important. Now, there's different studies out there, and I was trying to find some, and everyone was different, so it seems like everybody just kind of made theirs up, so I decided to make my own up. But it's based on some observation of myself, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. Those ones are made up online, too, that you see. But, but I'd heard this before. Like, if you want to remember something, if you read it, they say you remember about 10% of what you read. If you hear it, you remember about 20% of what you hear. If you study it, you remember 50%. If you discuss it, 70% really can get it lodged in your brain. If you memorize it, it really can help it get in there, 80%. If you do it, that's the strongest, 90% retention. Like I said, everybody makes up their own numbers, so I made up my own. But they all are about like that. And, and, and the numbers, like the, and if you do all those on top of each other, like some of you are studying for tests, if you just read it one time and then you study it and you listen to the lecture and then you discuss it with your friends and then you go out and actually practice the thing that they said, then you're going to remember it better, Right? We all know this. The more you do and the more engagement you have it. But with doing it, it's the best. If you're ever training someone to do something, actually have them do it. Don't just send them an email. It doesn't work. (laughs) you got to do it. And once you do it, you remember it better. And I think that's why James is saying the same thing. Yes, read it. Yes, hear it. Yes, look intently. Yes, study it. But the most important thing is to go out and do it you'll not only remember it better, but you'll be doing what God says in the process, to look intently. And in verse 25, James says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, so it's ongoing obedience, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I wanted to talk about this because this phrase, the perfect law that gives freedom, It's kind of a funny phrase. James probably coined it as he's talking about what God says in his word. It's the perfect law. What does that mean? Well, we as followers of Jesus are no longer under the Old Testament law. She praised Jesus for that, okay? The 600-plus rules of the Old Testament governing what clothes you wear, what food you eat, we are not under that law anymore. Jesus came along and fulfilled it perfectly. And because Jesus, yes, thank you, because Jesus fulfilled it, we can eat bacon Okay, and bacon wrapped shrimp. Okay, double obedience right there. That thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and and so we, we have that, and we're not under the law in the same way. But yet, James calls following the word of God by following Jesus the perfect law because Jesus fulfilled it. We are no longer under the law, we are under grace, and therefore. We don't follow the law in order to be saved. We follow what Jesus says because we're saved. It's not out of obligation, but out of opportunity. We know now that Jesus wants the best life for us, so we will follow him in the way he has shown us that we fulfill the law because of his obedience. That's amazing. So that's what James is talking about here. And he calls it the perfect law that gives freedom. Now, some people are like, law that gives freedom? Isn't that the opposite? The more rules you have, the more constricting it is. It doesn't feel like freedom. But it is the best freedom you can have. I've used the illustration before, and I'll use it again, about fish. All right? A fish that's swimming in the ocean who's like, I want to go on land. I want to climb up a mountain. It's not fair that I don't get to do that. And if you see that fish flop out of the water and land, go on land, for a little while, do you know what happens? No, they're still alive for a little while. I even did some research for you guys because I love you so much, that a fish can live somewhere between three minutes and three months out of the water, depending on the fish. Yeah, you can look it up. (laughs) Some biologist is going to correct me after this, but it's what Google told me. And a fish, depending on the fish, right? It's depending on the, top of the fish, they can last a little longer. Sometimes like you've gone fishing and you see that fish still flopping like hours later, right? You know what I'm talking about. You've got to hit it again. Okay, so those fish, they stay alive for a little while. And I say this because some people are like that in their lives. They're like, if I do what I want and don't follow what God has told me, look, I'm fine. I'm still alive, right? This was the very first lie at the beginning. God gave Adam and Eve one rule to follow, one commandment. Don't eat from the tree of the garden of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that one tree in the garden. And when Eve goes to it, and the serpent's like, eat it. And she's like, oh, God had said, if I eat from it, I will surely die. And the serpent's like, you're not going to die. So she eats the fruit, and guess what? She doesn't die immediately. Adam eats from it. Disobedience doesn't lead to immediate death. But guess what? Adam and Eve died. And every single one of us since have died because of their disobedience and ours. Sin always leads to death, even if it's delayed. And in the same way, the fish might jump out of the water and be like, I'm doing fine. And some other fish is like, well, you look good. I'll come too. And now you got two dead fish. And there's a lot of people who will live for years and decades maybe even dying without feeling the full experience of their sin, but they will spend an eternity in death, the eternal death of destruction. And I do think in their life now, they will start to feel how bad it is not to follow Jesus. On the other hand, there will be some hard things when you decide to be obedient to Jesus. It might feel like I can't go on land if you're the fish. But if you think about it rightly as James does, we look around and be like, I can swim with the dolphins. I can go check out the Great Barrier Reef, and I don't have to worry about the bends like those stupid human beings. Like, this is great. So I'm telling you guys, spread your fins, spread your... And and swim, okay? Jesus has offered you the vast ocean of obedience to him. And it is incredible if you see that it is freedom there, but when you go outside of it, It is not freedom. It leads to sin and addiction, which masters over you. You are no longer free to yourself. There's the most freedom in obedience to Jesus himself. And that's why we should obey what God has said in his word. James even tells us that we'll be blessed if we do it. God doesn't have to bless us with anything. The fact that he's not killing us is is blessing and yet, God tells us in his word here that if you continue in it, not forgetting what you have heard, but doing it, those people will be blessed in what they do. Blessing never fails to follow obedience. God is that good. He's like, I have better things for you. And that word blessed here in the Greek is makarios. Back in the spring, in April and May, we talked about this word several times. Does anybody remember what this word means? Happy. Happy. It means happy. There is a true happiness that comes from God, and God wants us to have it, and that true happiness is found in obedience to him. That's incredible good news. The true happiness is found in him. Now, you may have seen this news story. Someone uh, texted it to me, but it was kind of a big story in the news. Um, David Green, the CEO, the founder of Hobby Lobby, just announced that he's giving away his entire company. He's giving it away. This is a company that has revenue of over $5 billion a year. He's going to give it away. And in an op-ed that he wrote last Friday, he wrote this. He says, For me, my source of truth has always been prayer and the Bible. I truly believe that if leaders pray and seek truth from their Bibles that their businesses will be revolutionized. For instance, he writes, the Bible talks about giving a or 10%. Can you imagine what would happen if every top leader in business became a tither? There would literally be billions available for good work around the world. He even said that one decision they made that way was to stop opening on Sundays. Sundays was their highest revenue day of the week, and they shut down so their people, their workers, could go worship with their families. And he said this, he said, From the very beginning, our purpose was to honor God in all that we did. We worked hard, and God gave the results. As we were blessed by God, we saw it as a great privilege to give back. We've been able to provide hope through supporting ministries and planting churches all over the world. Isn't that incredible? And now he's giving away the whole thing. He's giving away the whole thing. And it's because he obeys the Bible. That's what he says. The Bible has been the source and by obedience to it, he has experienced great blessing. Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to make billions or have a ginormous house. But what I am telling you is that the happiness of God is available to you. You could be happier than David Green if you choose obedience to God's word. If you choose obedience to God's word. That's the promise of James 1.25. You'll be blessed in what you do. Now, I have a sense that people today are more hungry than ever for a word from God. I talk with people who are like, I just want to hear from God. I wish He would tell me what to do in this situation or help me with this decision. I wish God would talk to me. I talk to non-Christians and atheists who are like, I wish God would talk to me. Everybody wants to hear from God. People are so hungry to hear from God, and they forget that he has already spoken. Because they're leaving their Bibles on their shelf. Don't just leave the Bible on your shelf. Obey it with your life. People are so hungry that they're eating some of the scraps. And I saw this a couple weeks ago, and it, I was appalled. I wanna show this to you, this is an Instagram account and there are hundreds of others like it and it's, it says it's like God says, okay? So this person is on Instagram saying this is what God is saying to you and daily you can get these words from God. Here's this first one, stop devaluing yourself, you are a champion, I love you. 8,500 likes, people wanna feel good, right? It's okay if he doesn't love you because I do. And there's a lot of women who want to hear that, right? They're thinking, if I can hear that word from God, that's great. Okay, let's look at this last one. Congratulations. Door are opening. Love is entering. Better finance are coming as sugar attracts ants. So shall your hands should attract money. Let me tell you, if God is speaking to you, he's going to have better grammar than that. (laughs) And he might have a spell check, right? Yet there's... 13,822 likes on that one. 100,000 followers of this Instagram account, and it's one of hundreds out there. And people get this every day and are eating it up because they just want to hear from God. Now, someone like this would have been burned as a false teacher generations ago, okay? But I tell you that people are devouring this scraps because they're so hungry for God's word, forgetting that it's on the shelf. And I can tell you that God is going to have much better stuff for you than that stuff that doesn't even make the fortune cookies, okay? From someone that has a little bit better graphic design skill than that guy and might have a spell checker, okay? See, God's Word is perfect, and God has spoken through 66 books, and it's there available for you. And you can read it because 85% of American households have their own physical copy of a Bible, Or you can go stay in a hotel anywhere and open up a drawer and you got a Bible. Thank you, Gideons. You can get it in 100 different translations just into English. If you go into another language, the Bible is completely translated into 704 different languages and 3,416 partial languages. It's incredible. You don't want to read it, too? You can have someone read it to you in your Bible app. You can pick your narrator, which voice you prefer, man or woman, Or maybe you want to hear James Earl Jones read it to you. Yes, Darth Vader will read you the Bible. And yet the Bible continues to remain on shelves or in apps that are unopened. God is speaking. Will you listen? And if you listen, will you obey it? Don't just keep the Bible on your shelf. Obey what it says. Obey what it says. Now, we love the Bible so much that next week we are starting a new series going through the book of Daniel in the Bible. So I'm going to show you a little promo for this and then we'll wrap up our message. Let's watch this promo. You may fear the heat. You may hate the pressure. But with God, we can do more than survive. Let's learn from the book of Daniel to thrive in the fire. A new series starting November 6th at Arise Church, Denver. Yeah, you better come back for that. So I wanted to give you guys a simple application today. In the first week in our series, we did a a Bible um, reading plan as a church, and over 60 of us got on there and read the Bible together. That was awesome. I was thinking about doing the same thing today, but I really just want you to start reading the Bible for yourself. So I want you to pick a plan you to start reading, whether you're reading the whole Bible or a portion of the Bible, whatever it is. Maybe you're going to read the book of Daniel this week. We're going to cover the first six chapters in the next six weeks of our series. So just start reading it this week. You can read all six chapters, one a day. But whatever you read and however much you read or how little, what I want to challenge you to do is not forget what you read. That's what James says, right? So when you're reading and you come to a point where you're like, that's for me, remember it and do it. That's it. Just get one thing. Remember it and do it. One thing. I want to challenge you to do that. Because what's amazing about this book we have is that it is 66 different books that God has given to us. And they were written over a span of some 1,500 to 2,000 years on three different continents and in three different languages. It was written by over 40 authors. Some of them were kings and commanders, but others were shepherds. There were poets and prophets, but there were also farmers and fishermen who wrote this book. And they wrote it um, in palaces, but also from prisons. They wrote it on boats and in caves. And for all of that to come together in one book that's still relevant today, that, that is without contradiction or error, that forms one unity and says one message from God. And do you know what it is? God saves sinners. It's all telling that perfectly. And we can know that God tells us that because he sent his own son, Jesus, to prove that he loves sinners. Even when we are disobedient, when we know better, God still comes down in his son, Jesus, to love us, to serve us, And though Jesus was perfect and did everything God had said in his word, he still was punished and executed for sins and crimes he did not commit. And what the Bible teaches us is that anyone who puts their faith, their trust in Jesus, will have all their sins forgiven because our punishment goes on Jesus and the reward he earned is given to us. That's the message of this book. And I want you to obey that So if you're here today And you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ Maybe that is your step of obedience Today Maybe you need to accept God's gift of eternal life Through Jesus Christ his son If you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior And confess you are a sinner You will be saved You will have eternal life And a better life now That's available So I'm going to close with an opportunity to say that prayer. If you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. Would you please bow with me and close your eyes? And please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Give me the gift of eternal life. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you and be obedient to your word for the rest of my life. Now with eyes still closed, I want to celebrate with you if you made that decision today. So on the count of three, I want you to put your hand high in the air so we can celebrate with you. One. Two, three. Put that hand into the air. Praise God. Praise God for that decision. Woo! We're celebrating with the angels today. And Lord God, for all of us, whether it's our first step of obedience following you or our 10,000th, help us to go out from here, not just knowing the word, not even just loving it, but doing it, that we would take the Bible off the shelf and that it would have a long shelf life in our life and we would follow it for a lifetime and experience the perfect freedom that is only found in you. And Lord God, just help us to go out here obedient, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, would you please stand with us? We're gonna sing this song, Take You at Your Word. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, we have our prayer team available in the back. And then um, if you wanna stay for start, head upstairs right after this song is over. Let's sing together.